you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. I want to preach to someone I've entitled, The Giant Fight. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Giant Fight out of 1 Samuel 17. We're going to read verses 3 through 11 tonight, a very familiar portion of scripture. Uh, most people refer to it as David and Goliath. I want to begin to look into this tonight to give us some instruction in how God is going to help us fight the giants in our lives. Amen. First Samuel 17, begin with verse 3. The Bible says, The Philistines were stationed on a hill on one side, and the Israelites were stationed on a hill on the other side. There was a ravine in between the two of them. The Philistines' army's champion came out of their camp. His name was Goliath from Gath. He was ten feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. And he wore a bronze coat of armor, scales weighing 125 pounds. On his legs, he had bronze skin, uh, shin guards and on his back, a bronze javelin. The shaft of his spear was like the beam used by weavers. The head of his spear was made of 15 pounds of iron. The man who carried his shield walked ahead of him. Goliath stood and called to the Israelites, why do, uh, why do you form a battle line? Am I not a Philistine? And aren't you Saul's servants? Choose a man and let him come down and fight with me. If he can fight me and kill me, then we will be your, ser your slaves. But if I overpower him and kill him, then you will be our slaves and serve us. The Philistine added, I challenge the Israelite battle line today. Send out a man so that we can fight each other. When Saul and all the Israelites heard what this Philistine said, they were gripped with fear. Hallelujah. The giant fight. The scripture sets the stage for us. It is the people of God on one hill and the enemy of God on another hill. And in between there is this valley or this ravine. And the enemy has come out and he is taunting the people of God. And this is a fight, listen, that they're not going to be able to escape. And this fight is going to be decided down in this valley. It's going to take place, this is going to happen, and uh, there's no way to escape this battle. And so they find themselves in this predicament. Here's the enemies of God on one side, and taunting them, speaking to them. And there's a spiritual sp uh, parallel here tonight. As you and I live for God, we are the people of God, and we're on one side, and there's an enemy on the other side. And there is a battle that we're going to have to fight, and it's down in this valley, and we're going to have to fight giants from time to time. So I want to look first at battle vision. Battle vision. Hallelujah. You know, in the military, they have something called night goggles. And you can put these goggles on at night, and you can see just like it's daytime. And this is one of the reasons why the uh, U.S. military was so powerful because they, they could fight at night with the night goggles. 
And so this gave them vision in the battle. And as you and I are fighting this battle, you and I are going to need vision. Professional competitors will tell you that they always have to keep in their mind a vision of them winning. They have to keep in their minds this this vision in the competition of them winning, even if they're currently losing. If they say it's, it's the game and it's the fourth quarter and they're down uh, by, you know, 20 points uh, with a few minutes left, uh, competitors still keep in their mind this vision of them winning. That is why they keep pressing on because there's this vision. Yes, I may be behind. I may be losing, but I can still win. And you have to have this frame of mind in the battle if you're going to be a winner. Hallelujah. So even though they're down, even though it looks like it's impossible, they come back and they win the game because they have this vision in their mind of winning. You know when you see runners running the race? When they get toward the finish line, they don't look back. They look to the tape. And they begin to press toward that mark because in their minds, they're seeing themselves winning the race. So we're going to have to have a battle vision tonight in the battles that we are going to fight. This was a problem with the people of God uh, many times. And so that means it could be a problem for us. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Numbers. This is when Moses sent out the ten spies to spy out the, the promised land that God was going to give them. So they go in and they come back with this report, Numbers 13. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, of the giants, and we were in our own sight like grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So here they go out to battle. But their battle vision is not correct. They go into this place and they see, yes, the giants of Anak. And, and all of a sudden, in their minds, this is an impossible fight. We're like grasshoppers in our own sight. In other words, they saw themselves small, too small to win the battle. And they saw the enemy much larger than they were, not understanding that God had already planned to give them the victory. He was giving them the promised land, but because they had an improper vision, they come back to Moses and they tell Moses, listen, we can't do this. We cannot go in there and fight. We just cannot do it. They're too big for us. We're like grasshoppers. And so they don't go into the promised land. And you and I can find ourselves in the same place as we're serving God. God has already prepared the victory. He's already set you up to win. But you get into the battle and you have an improper battle vision. And you say, you know what? This thing is too big for me. This giant, I'm like a grasshopper compared to this. I have no chance. And they don't go into the promised land. See, this is the effect of not having a proper vision in the battle of life, uh, they defeated themselves. I mean, you see that time. they defeated themselves. <clears throat> so, what vision did they have in Goliath's day when they went into battle? <clears throat> what were they looking at? Well, the Scripture tells us. First Samuel seventeen four through seven in our text it says, "The Philistine army champion came out. His name was Goliath of Gath. 
He was 10 feet tall. So they're looking at his height. Again, man, look, uh, uh, this, this is a huge giant. Uh, uh, th- he's way too big for us, amen. Said he had a uh, bronze helmet on his head, and he wore a bronze coat of armor that was 125 pounds. So they're look, listen, they're inspecting this guy. Hey, look at the size of that helmet. Look at the size of that armor. That must weigh at least 125 pounds. This is what their vision is. They're looking at this. And it says he has a spear. It's like the size of a weaver's beam. And the head is 15 pounds of metal. They are, they're inspecting this guy. Their eyes are locked in on all of this, which means they're not seeing God in this. All they're seeing is the enemy's Advantage. Ten feet tall. 125 pounds of armor. 15 pounds on the head of that spear. How can we possibly win this battle? And if we be honest tonight, there's some giants that we face in our own personal life, and that's how they're dressed. Look at the size of this thing. Look at the size of the spear, the weight. How can I possibly, I know what the word of God says, but maybe God didn't know this guy. This is too big. And because their eyes are locked in on where the enemy points them. I mean, the devil is a master illusionist. Amen. Amen. I remember years ago, the, the, the show, The Wizard of Oz. And I remember watching it as a kid, The Wizard of Oz. And it gets to the end, and they're all going down this, this big hallway because they want to get the, uh, I think, the, the scarecrow or heart or the tin man, something like that. But they're all going down, and they're coming in. There's this big screen, and this guy's on the, he's the wizard, and he's this smoke and uh, going off, and his voice is booming, and he looks like this massive guy. And all of a sudden, uh, Dorothy's little dog goes over and pulls the curtain open. And the curtain opens, and there's this little guy in there working the levers. They projected his face up like he's this huge thing. He's the wizard. He's powerful. But in reality, he was just this little old dude behind the curtain. That's the devil. He points himself, ah, I'm going to die. And the Holy Ghost pulls the curtain back. You? That's what I was afraid of? You? Ah, no. But that's the way it is. And so the enemy gives us to look at the picture he's painted. Look at how big I am. Look at how strong I am. Look at my equipment. There's no way you can defeat me. And our eyes are locked in on that like tunnel vision. And we completely forget the size of our God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The size of our God. So whatever you're battling will always enlarge itself larger than it is. That's how the devil works. So whatever, whatever your battle is, uh, you can be uh, assured the devil's behind the curtain, pulling the levers, uh, trying to make it look larger than it really is. You know, the Bible says that after the judgment of the enemy, you and I are going to be walking into the presence of God. Uh, we're going to walk by the devil. Um, and the Bible says they're going to say, is that he that troubled the nations? That little thing troubled the nations? Because the devil always enlarges himself. So you and I will lock our eyes in on him and miss the size of our God. 
So battle vision is important. What you see in the battle will determine whether or not you choose to fight. Right? And listen, you cannot win a battle that you don't fight. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. So the purpose, the devil's purpose, listen, is to get you to not fight. To get you to walk away. They go back and they say, Moses, I know what God said. I know what he promised us. This is too big and we're simply not going in. And they wandered 40 years in the wilderness. When God was giving them the victory, they weren't even going to have to fight. Think about that. They weren't going to even have to. They were going to go in there and God was going to give them the land. But the enemy convinced them to turn around and not fight. So battle vision is very important. There's also a voice in the battle. What we hear in the battle is just as critical as what we see in the battle. Because these things work together. So what are we hearing when we enter the battles that we're fighting in our life? What were the Israelites hearing in the day of battle? So God has a voice. We know that. He speaks to us. But the enemy also has a voice. And in the battle... We're going to have to choose which voice we are listening to. Amen. And so in the day of the battle, in verse 8, the Bible tells us what they were listening to, what voice they were hearing. Goliath stood and called to the Israelites, why do you form a battle line? Am I not a Philistine and aren't you not Saul's servants? Choose a man. Let him come down and fight with me, and if he fight, if he fight and kill me, I'll be your slaves. If we kill you, you'll be our slaves. And so they're listening to the enemy now. And listen, this never turns out good when you listen to the devil. <laughs> never turns out good. And so in the battle, you know, God is speaking, but the enemy is also speaking. But what we lock our ears in on is going to determine our mind frame in the battle. The only voice they're hearing is the voice of Goliath. But how many know God wasn't on vacation? God was there speaking too. The Bible says you'll hear a still small voice or a voice, God speaking to you in all the battles of life. But the devil is speaking louder. The devil always shows up with a bullhorn. Right? He wants to magnify himself again. I'm sure Goliath had this big booming voice. Echoing down the valley over and doing that. Thinking, oh my God. Listen to this. What are we going to do? And everything he's saying to them. He's threatening. He's taunting them. He's trying to do what? He's trying to instill fear in them. That's how terrorists work. <laughs> Without firing a shot, they want to give you the, they want to get you to surrender. And Goliath is working on their minds. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, 6. Each morning and evening for 40 days, the Philistine came forward and made his challenge. Over a month. The devil's coming out and working on their minds. How many of you let the devil work on your mind that long? It's not good. 
Every day, night and day, twice a day, he's coming out and he's tormenting their minds with how they can't win, how they're going to lose, how you're going to be my slave, you're not going to win this fight, and over and over again. How many know that begins to get in your head? The devil wants to get in your head. Hallelujah. So for 40 days, here's the people of God, for 40 days all they hear is the voice of the enemy. Night and day. So what is the result of that? Verse 24. When all the men of Israel saw Goliath, they fled from him because they were terrified. Hallelujah. They ran. See, the enemy, when he gets a hold of your mind, he instills fear. And the result is is the flight mode. I got to get out of here. Because over and over again, the enemy is speaking to you, and you're not hearing the voice of God. I was thinking back to time. I was a, I must have been three or four, maybe maybe five or six years old. I was in grade school, grammar school, and maybe like the third grade. So we all we walked to school. We had like a five block walk to school. We had a bunch of kids. We'd all walk together. We get to school, but this particular day, my grade got out early. So I get out of school and a group of kids, we walk back home. And I get to my house. We lived up on the, the double family house. My grandparents lived downstairs. We lived upstairs. So I'm ringing the bell to get in. But my mother's not here and she's not expecting me. So I remember I sit down on the porch steps. And I look. And here comes this woman that we call Sister Lou. She wore these purple robes. She had this white head scarf, a cane. And she just looked like, you know, one of those ladies that, yeah. <laughs> and so we'd all say, here comes Sister Lou, here comes Sister Lou. We, and so I'm sitting there, all alone now, and I look and I see Sister Lou coming down the block. And in my mind, she's coming for you. And you ain't got nobody to help you. And I'm telling you, I ran all the way back to the school. So I'm running now, and in my mind, in my mind, I, I see Sister Lou behind me. Her capes are flowing. The bony finger and the cane probably just ready to grab me, and I'm running for my life. Only to find out there's nobody chasing me. That's how the devil works. Instills fear, and now we're running and running. I never forget it, man. I felt like I'd ever run so fast in my life. I was running for my life because Sister Lou was chasing me, but there was nothing chasing me. And how many times the devil gets us to run? Amen. Gets us to run, and the truth is there's nothing chasing us. So here's the people of God. The enemy is tormenting them for 40 days, and the result is they're running and they're hiding. Can you imagine that? The people of God hiding? But today, there are a lot of Christians that are hiding. Say, listen, we don't, we don't want to stir up the devil. Let's just go have a nice little church service. But don't, don't start that crazy stuff about Jesus and being born again and getting people delivered. We don't want to stir up the devil. And so they're just hiding. But you and I are called to battle. So this evening... The enemy may have been speaking to you about battles that you're facing. 
And his whole design is to get you to run. Hallelujah. Run and run and run. Just like I was a young boy running back to my school. And I, I, when I got there, I didn't tell him I ran back because Sister Lou was trying to get me. I just said, I couldn't get in my house. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we're running. We're running. And when we're running from the battle, we can't fight the battle, can we? So the very battle we need to win, we're running from it. Hallelujah. So what you hear in the battle is important. You know, Bible says, Jesus says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Even in the battles of your life, he's saying that. He said, I don't care how thick it gets, how deep it gets, how bad it looks. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I mean, no, you can't. It's hard to find people like that. Or they say, oh, no, I'll never forsake you. I'll always be there for you. I remember we were, we were young and these, these guys, they were, they were breaking into buildings. And they had this one guy who was supposed to be the lookout. They said, listen, okay, if the cops come, you whistle and give us a cue. Say, okay. They go in, they're stealing stuff. The police come, they get arrested, they go to jail, they get out. They say, hey, man, you're supposed to be the lookout. What's going on? You didn't whistle. I, was, I tried, but I was too scared. I couldn't, nothing came out. <laughs> so I just left. <laughs> you could have said, hey, they're coming. But you just left. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. Amen. I'll never forsake you. Thank you Lord. I don't listen. God said, I don't care how ugly it gets. Because I know sometimes life gets ugly. Amen. And God said, I know oh, that's, oh, that's ugly, but I'm still with you. I'm still on your side. I'm still going to fight you, get you through this. Amen. So what you hear in the battle. See, this is why it's important to read the word of God. So that when the enemy is speaking to you, that God has something to say to you as well. God can quicken a scripture to you. God can begin to bring a word alive in your spirit, in your heart. And you can have sanity come back so that you're not running from the battle, but you're running to beat the enemy. So the enemy <clears throat> relentlessly works on our minds day after day. And I think it's interesting, it said morning and night. In other words, <clears throat> there's no rest. You ever have one of those days where the devil just doesn't give you any rest? I mean, he's there in the morning, he's there in the afternoon. For hey, are you going to take lunch with me today? No, devil, I don't want lunch. You're coming to lunch with me anyway. And he's just tormenting your mind again and again and again about you're too small to fight this battle. You're a grasshopper. Uh, nothing's going to work out for you. It's all going to fail. And over and over again, he's hammering our minds until we run. There's people today running from God because the devil's convinced them that they cannot win the battle, the giant that they're facing. So let's look at defeating our giants. Hallelujah. We see the picture of the men of Israel. They're hiding. They're afraid. They're running from this battle. But then there comes on the scene a man named David. 1 Samuel 17 verse 32. David told Saul, no one should be discouraged because of this. I will go and fight with this Philistine. Glory to God. Saul responded to David, you can't fight this Philistine, you're just a boy. But he's been a warrior since he was your age. 
David replied to Saul, I am a shepherd for my father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went out after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. If it attacked me, I would hold, uh, take hold of its mane, struck it, and killed it. I have killed lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine we will be like one of them because he has challenged the army of the living God. Hallelujah. David is of the same tribe of Israel, but David is seeing and hearing something different in the battle. Same battle, same giant, but he's locked in on something else. He's hearing something else, and his response is completely different. He says, so listen, don't be discouraged by this. Hey, he's just throwing out idle threats. David's eye is on the size of his God. Hallelujah. Yeah, Goliath is big. Yeah, the problem I'm facing is huge, but my God is bigger. This is David's vision in the battle. Hallelujah. And what he's hearing in the battle is not Goliath's speech. Anybody else listen to Goliath's speech? David says, no, I've got a word from heaven. <laughs> my God is speaking in this battle. And he's saying something totally different. Then Goliath is saying, my God is speaking truth tonight. Goliath is, he's, he's just bluffing. He, he's throwing threats, but my God is able. And so David says, don't be discouraged. No one should be discouraged by this because, amen, David had a stance with God. Listen to this, because of hidden personal victories. Hidden personal victories. In other words, David did some things when no one was looking. Right? He's left to keep his father's sheep, right? Pretty important job. So as he's out there watching his sheep, you got predators, wild animals that will come and take a sheep. Now a lion comes and grabs a sheep. Now David's there by himself. He's far so David could have said, you know what? It's a lion. <laughs> And there's only one sheep. Nobody will know it's missing. I'll just pretend like I didn't see it get carried off. Right? Nobody's going to see. He's out there by himself. And he makes a, a decision. You know what? My father put me in charge of this. Uh, this means something to him. And so I need to value this. And he makes a decision to go out and fight this lion. Not because somebody will say, David, you know what you're supposed to be doing? Go get the sheep. There's nobody around. And he does this, and God meets him and gives him the victory. And so, then it happens again. A bear comes. Now David said, well, man, I did a lion. Hey, what's the, let's try it with the bear. And nobody's around watching, but he makes his decision. I mean, what we, those private decisions that we make in our heart when nobody's around watching and we do what is right, not because someone is making us, but because it's what's in our heart. The Bible says that God will meet us there. And David goes out, amen, after this bear, and then he kills the bear, and now David has this confidence in his God. Because of the victories that he had. 
And now when he's before Saul, Saul doesn't know this. Saul, Saul's thinking, man, are you, are you sure? <laughs> You're just a young boy. This is a giant. I don't know if you can fight this battle. Saul had no understanding of, da- of David's confidence in God. Because Saul had lost his confidence in God through disobedience. But here's David in the secret place of life, uh, making decisions that are pleasing to God. God meeting him in the battle and showing himself strong. And David saying, man, I could do anything with my God. (laughs) See, it's very important that the decisions that you make when no one is around. But no one's watching this. There's not going to be any reward from somebody. Oh, that was a great job. No, no. You're doing this in the secret place of life. But God is watching. And when David decided, okay, I'm going to fight this battle. I don't know how it's going to come out, God. It doesn't look good from my end, but you gave me a promise. And when he steps in and he engages that, the Spirit of God shows up and gives David a supernatural victory. That's available for us. The confidence is linked to earlier personal victories. This is true of my Christian life. In the early days of my life serving, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, began to go to church, there were some personal victories that I had to make when no one was watching. Amen. There were times when I could have, you know, hey, uh, I drove into another place instead of driving to church. But I made a decision. I remember once I was going to, I was going to pick someone up for church, and I'd worked all day, and I'd go down, and I'm picking them up, and they said, well, I decided I'm not going to go. I'm just going to hang out here. And, and in my mind, I thought, well, you know, I worked all day too, man. I'm just going to hang out here. But something told me, no, don't do that. And as I made the decision, amen, uh, to continue on to church, uh, nobody saw that decision but me and God. But God met me and strengthened me through that decision so you can go on having victory after victory. And then you get to the point where there's no giant that puts fear in your heart. <laughs> no giant. There's no devil that's, gonna, that's going to uh, frighten me off from the will of God. There's no giant, there's no problem, no situation that's going to cause me to run because I know who I serve tonight. So David could not have killed the lion in a bear except God got involved. When God gets involved, we make right decisions. <clears throat> so look what this produces. 1 Samuel 17, verse 48. When the Philistine moved closer in order to attack David quickly ran toward the opposing battle line and attacked the Philistine. You see the dramatic difference? Those who are listening to Goliath's speech and seeing the size of his spear, they're running from the battle. David comes with his confidence in God, his personal victories. He's running toward the battle. This is the difference. The deciding thing is what we do in the secret place of life that allows God to attach himself to us. And I'm sure people are looking at this scene and they're thinking, this kid David is crazy. He's out of his mind. He's running out to meet a giant and all he's got is a slingshot and some stones. How many know that doesn't make sense to the natural mind? 
Saul tried to give David armor, helmet, and sword. David says, I can't use this stuff, man. I'm going to go out in, in my faith in God. And he goes out with a slingshot and some stones. And we know the story. First Samuel 17, 50. So using only a sling and a stone, David proved to be stronger than the Philistine. David struck down and killed the Philistine, even though David didn't have a sword in his hand. It says that David proved himself stronger than the giant. See, what happens in the battle, the giant convinces us he's stronger than us. You can't get free from this. You can't defeat this. Are you kidding me? You might as well just get used to being this way because I'm the giant and I'm here to stay. I'm the Wizard of Oz and I'm pulling the levers. I'm Sister Lou and you're going to keep running like I tell you to run. The Bible says David proved stronger than this giant. He didn't have a sword. In other words, this is not a conventional victory. This is a God victory. When you say, Lord, this is bigger than me, but you promised me I could have victory. You promised me. Your word says, and God, you said you're not a liar. That means this giant doesn't have dominion over me. And the Bible says David proved that. Everyone is watching him run out. And they're probably thinking, this is not going to be nice, man. Somebody need to write back and call the boy's mother because... I don't know what, this, this, this ain't going to be good. But they watch him and his zeal and his confidence in God. Because he knew his God because of what he had done before. And as he runs out in David's mind, he's not even fearful of defeat. He's saying, God, you did it to a lion. You did it to a bear. This guy is nothing. And the Bible says, Goliath fell. Got Goliaths in your life? They can fall. They can fall. But it's based on what you're hearing and what you're seeing. If you listen to the devil morning and night, you're going to run for your life. But if you have confidence in God, if you listen to God, God says, listen, you can do this. So David was hesitating before he went out, the first time he went out to, to fight the lion. Hey, bring that sheep back. Man. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't have to bring it back. Just don't take another one. But no, he went out and God met him and gave him supernatural strength to, to fight the battle. Tonight, God wants to give you and I supernatural strength to fight our battles. Amen. We all have different giants we face. Different Goliaths. But you know what? The remedy is always the same. What you see and what you hear makes a difference. Don't lock in on the size of Goliath. Every morning you get up and say, oh my God, he's, he's still huge. He was huge yesterday. I think he's bigger today. Look at the size of his helmet and his spirit. Oh my God. No, no, no. You got the wrong thing. You need to get up in the morning and say, man, I serve the God who created the universe. The God who spoke to dirt and made me. The God who holds the universe in his hand. That's the God that's on my side. And you need to listen, not to the speech of Goliath. Oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You'll never get free. You'll never be set free. You need to hear what God says. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. 
Hallelujah. That's how you win the battle. What you see and what you hear in the battle is going to determine whether or not you fight. And if you fight with God on your side, beloved, you're going to bring down the giant. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it because I've had giants fall in my life. Amen. And there's more that will fall. And you can have the giants that you battle fall if you trust and look to God. Because the victory is always his. So remember, the devil's pulling the levers, trying to make himself larger than life. But he's really just a little guy behind the curtain. He had to walk over, pull the curtain open, and slap him. Say, get your hands off the lever. <laughs> Leave me alone. Stop bothering me. I'm going to live for God. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Heads bow and eyes closed for just a moment tonight. I don't know what Goliath you may be facing this evening, but I can tell you this. God can give you the victory over that Goliath. He can give you such great joy that your life will be forever changed. Jesus Christ is the giant killer. Hallelujah. While our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Maybe you're in this place and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Or maybe that has slipped. And you want to recommit your heart to Jesus Christ tonight. If you're watching online as well, just lift your hands and say, pray for me. I need Jesus to do a miracle in my life. Hallelujah. 